Awesome, everybody. Welcome back to another episode. And I do mean another episode of It Is What It Is podcast. I am your host, Cody Kelly. Look, connect with me on all social media platforms. And you know what my favorite two platforms are? And this is a silent plug. Instagram. You can follow me at CVMK33. And YouTube. If you want to keep seeing amazing content, subscribe to the link below. YouTube, CV Space K. Also, we're all podcast streams. Spotify, Apple, Google, Wherever you listen to, that's where it is. We have an amazing, an amazing episode today entitled Being a Black Woman. Before to it, and before I introduce my guest, I want to read some alarming stats. Well, some of these stats are great. Some of these stats are not so great. Uh, according to usafacts.org, out of the businesses that were started in 2018, out of the 124,000 Black-owned businesses, 19% are women business enterprises are led or started by Black women, 36% are actually headed by black women. Black businesses comprise of either healthcare, social assistance, or what is called professional slash scientific. 53% of this were actually led by women, 13% in the tech industry, eight in the green space industry. Uh, according to a published magazine, black women are outpacing other groups and earning degrees, making up only 12.7% of the female population, but make up over 50% of the number of post-secondary degrees that are actually attained. But when it comes to pay, Black women only make 87 cents for every dollar paid to their white male counterparts. Uh, even when it comes to physicians and surgeons, they make only 54 cents for every dollar paid to their white male counterparts. When it comes to marriage, according to the Washington Post, 2009, 71% of Black women are not married. Uh, between the ages 25 to 29, this number is about 55%. Uh, this is an alarming stat. Over 48% um, excuse me, of black women have never been married compared to the national average, which is 33%. So, and one of these reasons is because of societal factors. In Virginia in, in 1643, there was actually a tax on black women that for anyone who would marry a black woman, the partner or the husband of that black woman will actually have to pay a tax on their black female counterpart. So with that being said, we have an amazing episode called Black Women, right? What does this mean? I have some amazing guests. I'm going to allow them to introduce themselves because I can't do this justice, starting with Asia Carroll. Hello, everyone. My name is Asia Carroll. I'm a certified life coach. I have been mentoring young adults and children for over 15 years. I have a business called Survivor Not By Chance. Um, I use my story with childhood trauma to help others heal. Um, I have a, um, a program called Encouraging Young Champions, where I teach children how to use healthy coping mechanisms in the event they're ever uh, in uh, experience any type of trauma. And I have a book called The Pressures of Becoming a Diamond, where I share my experiences about what it's like to be a Black girl growing up in an urban community and how I survived my experiences. And so um, I am a host as well, co-host on a, a talk show called Sisters Talk, where we discuss all different variations of topics in, in our involving our community. So Cody, thank you so much for having me here. Awesome. The pleasure's all mine. And none other than the wife of one of my closest friends, my homie, who I frequently text and our group chat is lit. Anybody that's in it is his exclusive members only. Kayla Goodlow. Kayla, how are you doing? I am doing great. I am Kayla Goodlow. I am a special education teacher. 
Um, I'm currently at the elementary level, but I've been at the high school and middle school level. Um, and just a month ago, I launched my new business and it is a consulting and tutoring service. And the intention behind that was just really trying to make sure that my close friends and family and all of my peers and those who are around me or even my former students, um, make sure that they have access to a person that can help um, when you know trying to make decisions for their education and also make sure that if they need enrichment, they can have that through tutoring. If they need some intervention, I can do that as well. And if some kids just need to maintain where they are, I can also help with that. So that is one, those those are two things that I do. And then the third thing is I'm a new teacher mentor, um, not only for my district, but also for Golden Apple Foundation. So I have about nine new teachers right now in their first and second year that I meet with and observe and give feedback and resources to. So that is what I do outside of being Denzel's wife and Aylin's mommy. <laughs> awesome. I love it. And the one, the only true Freedom Temple blood, Rosie. Rosie, if you can introduce us. I'm a mom. And right when we just started, my kids would walk in. So uh, I needed to get where it could be quiet. So I'm Candy's Rose Bryant. And I'm a mom. I um, have worked with at-risk youth since graduating college. Um, I've been newly appointed to deputy director of one of our Harris County Protective Services. Um, I love working with youth, whether it be at church or at work. Um, that's pretty much me. Perfect, perfect, love it. And none other than First Lady Tabrina Fears. Tabrina, thank you so much for joining. If you could just introduce yourself. Hi, can everybody hear me? We can hear you. All right. Hi, my name is Sabrina Fears. I'm a member of Redeemed Church. I am a wife, um, the other Maurice Fears Sr. I have a son, uh, Maurice Fears Jr. And um, the Lord is birthing a ministry, rest Restoration Power, um, launched on last year. This Saturday will be one year, and I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much, Cody. Oh, no problem. No problem. So let's get down to it. So um, right now, you know, some might say this is the year of the black woman. Right. Uh, what does that mean? Right. With everything that you've gone through, everything that is transpiring. We just now have the first black woman vice president. Right. To you specifically. And this is a very individual answer. Uh, and I'll start uh, with age on this. What does it mean uh, to be a black woman? So for everyone is different. <laughs> um, I think for me, it means I have to be strong. Um, I have to endure. I have to be determined to reach all of my goals because I don't have a backup plan. Um, many people of different races and different ethnicities, they have family, they have friends, they have generational wealth. And most of us black women don't. And so being a black woman, we have to create opportunities for ourselves um, and deal with situations that most people don't have to deal with. And so with that, we have to mask our pain many of the times and um, just be brave, uh, regardless of if we're in fear or not. Sure, sure. Makes sense. Kayla, to you, what does it mean to be a black woman? Um, I agree with a lot of what she said. I think the only thing I would add is it just means, you know, always making sure that, you know, you can be resilient, 
um, because you're going to just have to go through different situations and you're going to just be expected to just power through it. Um, it means also, you know, being um, aware of yourself and, and able to manage yourself. I mean, we often have to manage our emotions and feel some type of way, but not show that we feel some type of way. Um, and I think it also means being resourceful. I mean, you listed a lot of stats. I mean, we have sometimes fewer resources or fewer means to obtain the same thing as some of our counterparts. We still have to show up and try to do that in a very resourceful way. So, I love it. Sabrina, for you, right? What does it mean to be a Black woman? And I got a special question for you, Rosie. One, um, just want to add being confident um, and who you were created to be. Of course, we learn it along the way um, as we go, go on in life, but being confident, uh, being supportive, um, of course, being a Black woman, it, it's being just being strong, you know, know who you are um, and being supportive of everybody else. So I'm excited that I'm a Black strong woman. <laughs> I like it, being strong. Uh, Rosie, so... Um... New pre new president, thank God. New vice president, right? <laughs> um, what does this mean, right? Like, is this is is are we? Is this something that we you know that is beyond symbolism that you needed to see representation in order to go forward? Like, when you look at Madam Vice President Harris, like what feelings are conjured up? Okay, so of course I got my pearls on, um. But I guess I want to start here. So when I think of Kamala Harris, I think of hope, right? Um, she was a part of the first children to be integrated in her school. Uh, she was the first district, district attorney in uh, San Francisco. She was the first attorney general. I mean, she's the first black woman president. What that allows me to do and think about is that I still have some first. Um, things that I want to do, um, that I want to become, that I want to share, um, that I want to walk in as purpose. So what she does for me is we all know, I mean, she's black. So there was barriers, there were ceilings. Um, there were times that she had to bite her tongue. There were times she was uncomfortable, but still she was able to get to this place. And we know that this wasn't an easy journey. We also know that it's not always the others that come for you. Sometimes it's your own people that come for you. So what she does for me is she allows me to, to dream. She allows me to set some more goals for myself. Um, she, she allows me to, to rise because she got there. And let's be, let's be honest. <laughs> if there was going to be a first black president or vice president, we all know she was going to be a black woman. We're the strongest being to exist. So that that's kind of what it is. That so is what it is. It's a bold statement with the strongest being to exist. Hey, oh, Jonathan, absolutely. I, I'm a follow-up. We're gonna go there. I'm a, uh, Asia, I want to throw this one to you. Sure. Um, do you get tired? I mean, like it's cool to be the first, right? Like, you know, it's cool, it looks good. You put on a resume, like first person walk on the moon. But really, the reality of it is it's a very exhausting uh process. Right. Um, I can think of in my own life, even some of the things I've accomplished. I don't like being the first all the time. It's, it's draining. It's like I got to represent, you know, Negroes I never met. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> for you. Right. Um, 
Tell me about that. Like, how do you keep the same energy? So I agree with you, Cody. It's very exhausting um, being the first uh, black woman in any situation. Um, I was the oldest child growing up. And so I had a lot of responsibilities. And so I automatically knew this was going to be my reality, regardless of whatever situation I was in, if it included work or anything. Um, many uh, black women are primarily the first ones to graduate high school, or the first ones to graduate college or the first ones to start their careers. And so it's something that's normal for us. But at the same time, that responsibility is heavy. And so we're always expected to be brave. We're always expected to um, just keep going despite our emotions. If we may have to deal with grief and even with, with us dealing with grief, we still have to be like all the way up here, regardless of the situation. And it can be very exhausting. Sure. Well, that makes sense. That makes sense. Kayla, I want to throw something to you. Um, you're talking about that exhausting. I think um, what I've seen, especially particularly recently, is that this energy has been displayed uh, through many different sorts. I think what was traditionally taboo or something what we might call erotic is now what is being labeled as empowerment, right? You're an open-minded person. <laughs> That's why I'm going with you on this. You know, when you look at, you know, Real Housewives of Atlanta, right? You look at songs uh, like uh, WAP or, you know, Body uh, you know, Challenge, and you look at all these things, you know, on one hand, you might have a generation or a particular sect uh, that just shuns it, says like the devil, you know, and on, on another hand, it's like, no, it is a, a creative element. It is an artistic element, right? Where do you fall in the balance, right? What is empowerment? What is art? What is crass? Where, where do you, as a woman, right? Because I always feel like, this is my personal belief, men shouldn't tell women what to do, how to do at all. That's just my personal belief. I don't think a man other than Jesus should ever inform a woman on any decision. That's just Sharon Kelly's raising, right? So for you, when you see this, what 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 enters your mind when you see like the busted challenge and stuff like that? Okay, this is a loaded question, Cody. I'll first start with like the Real Housewives and stuff. So at first, I didn't watch those type of shows because it was just a, a label on it, like it's ratchet and, you know, they always arguing or fussing or whatever. And so I didn't watch them. Um, and then it wasn't until recently that I started to watch some and I don't watch all of them, but um, some of them where there's a little bit more seasoned women that I can, you know, kind of like, you know, I'm, I don't want to say glean from, but just kind of see how they navigate different situations. And that's the lens I watch with now and I look at those characters and I'm like this is their life that they're allowing us to look into and these are their experiences they have trauma they have baggage and this is everything just coming together and being portrayed on a screen so it's like who am I not to value what that sister has to bring to the table or to media or to the world and so I try not to look at it and just automatically like wipe it out like oh that's not an option and then like challenges like the busted challenge and things like of course i won't be posting a challenge like that i mean but that's not to say that i won't be dancing like that at home with my husband but i mean i'm right. not gonna post it but i don't 
um, judge people who do post it because, you know, they have, you know, different things that they're willing to do. And and, and, and so I, I'm, I've really moved to a place where, you know, I am just accepting of how everybody wants to live their own life. And I appreciate that because I think there's something in it for everybody. And there's other people who are coming up after these women that are able to feel, I mean, there's even in these challenges, there are, there's a lot of self-love that's being revealed. Um, and so these women are loving their bodies and they feel like they love them enough to show them, you know, in a way, in, a, in expression. And so that's that's a great aspect to it. But I know that it also can look, you know, negative as well. So I just try to look at the upside in it and just embrace it because I really like to, you know, build up our black women and not tear each other down. I love it. I'll give you that one. That was for you, my friend. I'm just always thinking of you, partner. Hey, so Tabrina, you are a leader in the faith. Um, you know, women empowerment, you know, isn't really, you know, it's kind of like, I won't say stagnant in, in the faith, but I will say it is definitely, uh, uh, defined, I think. And that's fair. I think everyone has the right to define what it is or what it should be. Where do you draw that line of balance, right? Like, yeah, you're a person of faith, you're a leader in the faith. Uh, you have your own ministry, you and your husband and, you know, Pastor Fears and everybody, they do amazing work. Um, I've had the pleasure of uh, having uh, the Elder Marie Spears on here, and I've had the pleasure of having Pastor Marcel Fears on here a couple times and having him come back. It's going to be an amazing episode when we do it. But for you as a woman, right, where is that, like, hands-off, like, allow them to be them moment, or is there? Yes. So allow me to be me moment. Correct. Sure. Okay. So, um, you know, of course we have to be who God created us to be. And sometimes there will be challenges, of course, um, because a woman in the faith, it can be a challenge. Um, but I'm excited to have, um, people that support me in my, in the ministry that God has given me. And so I have my church family who's, who very supportive, my pastor and first lady who's supportive and my husband who, um, First, when I when the Lord spoke to me about this ministry, I of course talked to my husband first about it. And so we we definitely will face challenges, but you have to be who God created you to be. And, and sometimes, you know, along the way, things will change. You know what I mean? Like God can say something, and then it's like <laughs> you're not on board. You 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 you're not at the faith that you should be to to say yes, Lord, I'm, I'm going to do this. And so sometimes you go back and forth. But when you stand firm in the faith of God and ask God, you know, is this what I really should be doing? You're going to do it no matter what, no matter if you get the support, no matter if you get the love, you're going to do it because God said do it. And so sometimes you're going to get, you know, uh, you're going to be looked at a little, little differently. And, and, and it happens, you know, we've been in church all of our lives. And so sometimes women have, have, haven't been received, um, you know, in ministry sure. to, a certain, to a certain degree or to a certain level. Amen. But it's all about submitting yourself to God, humbling yourself um, to your leader, humbling yourself to where you go and God will do the rest. I love it. I think that's fair. Um, I'm going to go back to, I want to throw this one to Rosie. Uh, with that being said, what is so appealing about uh, the Instagram life? It's not just a woman thing anymore, right? Like I think it's... Uh, uh, it's a, it's an addition to something, whatever that thing is. Uh, but specifically, it seems like what is being uh, displayed, 
particularly on IG, is that if you have uh, certain features, I'm trying to say this the best way I can, <laughs> you get better responses. This leads ultimately to a better life. Uh, I'm not a woman, right? I don't, I don't know. I don't, you know, I don't, it's not even a thing. You know, I, if I want to see it, I'm married. Thank God. Right. So for what is that, what is that appeal? Right. What for, for women, what, or is there an appeal or is that something that you have to wrestle with? Like, man, you know, I gotta, you know, maybe I need to do more squats. Like what, what's going on here? Um, so I guess how I would address that is, um, the women, um, who were who were allowed to see their best features <laughs> um, that are presented? They look amazing. Um, you know, if you've had children, you're like, dang, I wish my body could look like that. And I mean, we make plans to do some of the things to look that way as well. But as far as like the Instagram life or lifestyle, I'm definitely not the one. I'm not driven um, by that. Um, I'm the woman that it needs to be a little more substance. So, you know, you got big boobs, big butt, but, you know, where the brain's at or, you know, are you making your own money or, you know, those kind of things. So, I mean, it's posting pictures. We know that pictures can speak a thousand words. We know that most people project what they want you to perceive as their reality. Sure. Um, you know, some of the pictures are people actually living that life and then you have pretenders. So I think that to really be kind of like driven or self-motivated by Instagram or the life you think people are actually living, um, doesn't really inspire me. Um, that doesn't really move me. I have other motivators or triggers. Um, I do appreciate their bodies. Uh, one day I plan to have one too. However, um, other than that, uh, it's it's not a big thing to me. I post whatever I want to post. What I don't post, I feel no pressure to post. Um, I'm I'm I've moved past like what people say or what they have to say or none of that stuff really matters to me. So my drive for like the Instagram life is is kind of irrelevant for me. I like it. Well said. Uh, definitely, uh, I think there like all of us, we want to live our best lives and we all want the best look for ourselves, but it's not like we live for it, right? Like if it comes, it comes and God is still good regardless. Um, Age, I got something for you. So I read over a stat uh, on the pay uh, inequities, right? Uh, 87 cents per dollar uh, and higher income earning brackets. So basically salaries above 100K or more. That number is closer to 54 cents per dollar for your white male counterparts. Uh, why? If you're the highest or, or the, the, the demographic that is earning the most education, you are still the least paid. How do you get around this barrier? Well, one, um, I always advise any black woman who is going in a specific industry to do research about that industry. Um, look up to see how much people are making in your area in regard to that industry and how many years they've been doing it. Um, so primarily, we don't know. And so, and so that's the reason why we don't receive our fair wage. Um, and then secondly, we're not respected. Um, because we're not respected, we automatically feel we have to take 
what is given to us. And so it causes this huge gap because many of us are, if not single moms, but we are trying to make it the best way we can, even in relationships. Um, it's hard. So do you take a job knowing you're not getting your fair wage or do you not take the job at all? And so it comes to a dilemma of do do I provide for my family or do I do what's right and stand up for what I believe in? And when we do that, um, <laughs> they'll go to the next person who will take it. And so that's why there's such a huge gap. Not only that, but corporations have found a way to get around the gray area with discrimination and racism. And so now they have microaggressive tendencies. They have um, gaslighting in these different situations where people believe what they're receiving is accurate and it's not. Awesome. Eli, take take us further into that. You're disrespected. Uh, gaslighting. For the, it, just in case the audience doesn't know, I mean, I, I know I've, I've seen it, but explain <laughs> and then explain your story. Go sure. Go. So, for example, if I'm a manager and I tell one of my subordinates to follow a task, um, and then it, it's a white male, sometimes they don't want to do it because they feel I'm a black woman and they don't need to listen to me, and it happens. Or I may be a black woman in a field that. I specialize in it and I know exactly what I'm doing, but my work is questioned every single time I'm doing my work and none of my coworkers stand up for me and say that I'm right. They only co-sign with the boss. Kayla, how aggravating is that to feel marginalized? Um, I guess the question for you is uh, if this is, and this is true, um, can you find your place in corporate America or do you have to, like you mentioned, as you, as you started, you know, you just started your own uh, entrepreneurship efforts. Is that, is that always going to be the thing that we have to go to because we can't find peace in this other uh, area? So I'm not in corporate America currently, but just go ahead and speak that into existence, Cody. Um, but I think, you know, in, in the school and in the classroom, um, I'm often one of the only African-American teachers in the building. Um, and when I was in my program, getting my special education license, I was like the only African-American in my class that kind of made it through all of the hoops we had to go through. And so I think that it's really frustrating because when you look at the kids and the demographics and what they need, um, you notice that they need more African-American or even any any other, you know, cultures, just cultures in general. They need a lot more people to be there to see, you know, themselves and their teachers and representation. So it's kind of frustrating to kind of see. And I have been one that will just kind of take that baseline payment or just work it out or take the extra kids or the extra class. Um, just because I, like she was kind of saying, you, you're just kind of like, you're just gonna, you know, make it work and, and make it happen. And you realize that you value what you're doing and you know that you should be paying. If, if you're taking on an extra class of students, I should be being paid maybe more than um, the teacher that is teaching one class seven times and is, you know, one of the assistant football coaches. I should be making probably more than him with the level of work that I'm doing. But 
I'm not, you know, so those have been situations that I've had to, you know, deal with in the past. Hmm. Sabrina, um, it seems like the quote unquote black church really is the only institution where you see an overwhelming representation of leadership. Um, and I have nothing, you know, obviously I share the same faith. I have nothing uh, to say negatively about that. I guess my question would be, how come that's the only arena, right? I think that's where I draw the, the line in the sand. How come as a whole, we haven't seen a surge of, you know, like when somebody goes to wherever they apply, uh, let's say LinkedIn, because if I mention my employer, I'd have to, you know, know, but I'm saying wherever they apply, right? And they're looking for jobs. They're not putting in most of the time job searches that um, companies are headed by uh, black people. You only really see that necessarily uh, dominating in the church. And then you see kind of the splinter effect of it is that, you get a lot of split offs. You get a lot of, you know, this one starting that one and that one and whatever. So my question for you, uh, Sabrina, really, what do you tell your congregation, right? You're over a mass, you're over uh, leadership. You get the chance to speak uh, to the women at large and you don't want them to be boxed in. What do you tell them? Um, just to be open-minded, um, about everything like we can be boxed in if we're um just looking at looking at it in a narrow mindset or um, a carnal mindset or you know different things of that nature but you know just be open to change um because we evolve you know people evolve um you know god do different things um for different people different individuals and so we have to be able to receive what god is saying and if we have a a, a a mindset that we're focused in one area, we're not able to receive what God is saying in another area. And so we have to be open-minded. We have to be, um, of course, open to each other, willing to learn from each other as well and, and be very supportive. You know, we, we, we got to come out of that box, you know, of thinking one way because um, it's some right in everybody. And so we have to be able to learn from different people, different individuals. And so, yeah, that's, that's how I feel. Makes sense. Makes sense. Rose, I've thrown this one to you. I read the statistic about uh, black love. Uh, the 71% black women currently are not married uh, compared to, I think the national average is only 48%. Uh, I've read some of the laws that have prevented uh, marriage from happening. Now, you know, I don't, how you define it and whatnot. I, I, you know, I told be you, like, I'm not here to argue with you, be you. So if you think I'm going there, I'm not. But I am saying when it comes to black women specifically, they are the largest demographic of uh, unwedded individuals. Uh, how has that been for you? How are the difficulties and right and uh, finding a partner? Uh, why are there so many obstacles? Right. I, I think of uh, my my grandfather said when he was growing up, he said that. Uh, the welfare system destroyed his home. He said that uh, his you know, parents didn't have a lot of money. The only way that his mother could receive uh, government assistance uh, was to basically be single. So basically it forced a wedge between his parents. They ended up divorcing, but that was a way for them to provide. So it was like it was a almost uh, desired and implemented strategy to really tear up the home. Why is it seems like for black women, there's such a hurdle 
to overcome to find a partner? Ooh, that's a loaded question. Um, I'm going to start here. So sure. one of the things is um, a lot of times when the black woman is kind of focused on accomplishing a goal or um, finishing a dream that, you know, she's had, you kind of narrow, it's like narrow vision. Um, and a lot of times, you know, it's hard to be focused and distracted at the same time. So um, a lot of successful women who are like, you know, Fortune 500 and, and CEOs and COOs, a lot of times you may find that they're single, right? Well, the other part of that is, is that a lot of times that woman who is that at that level, um, she's a little intimidating. Um, we all know that she's probably strong, right? Part of that is sometimes the black woman can be too strong. Um, and we sometimes don't allow ourselves to be vulnerable. Well, I've kind of learned in my own experiences, my own self-reflection, therapy, and things like that, is that most men, they want to be wanted. They want to be needed. But the strong woman, she got it. You know, so it's like, what do, and it's not that we don't want a man. It's like, but I don't need you. I may want you, but you know, if you leave, I'm good. That's why I got my own. So it's kind of like the black woman in survival mode where we always got a plan B, <laughs> you know? So the black woman says, I'm going to be successful whether I'm married or not. You can have children, whether you married or not. Um, and there's, I mean, the truth is we can accomplish and success is not just if you're married or not. So you have people accomplishing a whole lot and they're single. But is that a bad thing? You know, is it bad to have standards? Um, because the truth of the matter is most of us can go and get a John, you know, John probably not quality, but we can have somebody at the house, you know, but now it's based on, all right, I want somebody at the house, but I kind of need some other things in place, just like the man who wants the woman who is the trophy wife, but she doesn't cook, she doesn't clean, she doesn't work. I mean, it's like, I'm looking at you, you're beautiful, but what else do you have? So it's kind of the flip side where men can do it, but then it's like, you know, the black woman is looked at, oh, what's wrong with you? Because you're still single. Nothing's wrong with me. It's called standards. You know, I've been married, now divorced, you know, um, it's a different world now. You know, I know our mothers and grandmothers and great grandmothers, they stay with men until they die. Right. Right. Um, but but part of that wasn't necessarily love. It right. was stability. And that man provided for that home and that woman couldn't do without that man. Well, now the tables have turned. <laughs> the black woman is able to go and get educated, make that same money and provide whether she has a man or not. So, yeah, you gave me a loaded question. That's that's my response on that. <laughs> I like it. Um, <laughs> to follow up, I was thinking of the song you said that. I was thinking of Jamie Foxx. Uh, she got her own. I love her because she got her own. You know, like, I, I hear this intimidation factor. 
and obviously it's going to vary from person to person. Um, I've never thought of it like that. I mean, I've never, cause I've never thought like, oh, I'm intimidated. I was just like, okay, you know, whatever happens. And I totally agree. I think the generation prior stayed together kind of not out of love, out of necessity. And, you know, you find out that, you know, yeah, they were married for a hundred years, but 85 of those years was messed up, you know? So, you know, and now people are like, no, we ain't doing that, you know? So I think it just has to be something that have to, you know, really be flushed out. Asia, that's why I want to throw this to you. And then Kayla and Sabrina, I got something special because uh, I'm going to really focus on your Boazes, right? I know yours, Kayla's very well. And Sabrina, I think these questions are perfectly in line. But Asia, so talk about that intimidation factor, right? Like, are men intimidated? Is is there this type of, like, reverse egotistical, you know, when I see a strong black woman, I might make more money than me. All of a sudden, you know, I can't think and I don't remember my name. I need somebody so I can feel better. I mean, is that is that common? Oh, yeah. I'm single. I've been single for eight years on purpose because I refuse to lower my standards to be with someone just to say I have a man or a woman. You know, I just yeah. refuse to be in that situation. Um, it's so many people who are in marriages and relationships that are miserable. And I'd rather be at home at peace by myself than to be in a relationship with someone just to say and brag on Facebook and Instagram that I have somebody, you know, it's a stigma in our society. They, they put too much pressure, I think, on black women. We're not respected primarily. And so men of our race and other races don't respect us. And so that lowers their visibility to want to see us in the light of who we are. Yes, we may be intimidating because we had to we had to grow up quickly or we had to be the sole provider for ourselves. And sometimes we would be in relationships where we did have a man and we were the provider for him, our families and everyone else. And so people don't look at that part. You know, when a woman has been in those situations, we automatically say, especially I know me as a black woman, I'm not doing that again. <laughs> you know, so um, the, I think the intimidation factor comes in because we're misunderstood. We're, we're misunderstood a lot and um, people mistake our passion for anger. And we're very passionate women. We're very passionate. Even when it comes to the way we dance, the way we do our hair, everything comes from passion. And so that can be misunderstood. And so that's why a lot of us may be single. Hey, I, I like it. Um, yeah, I that's crazy. I've never, honestly, I've never, uh, and this is might be the privilege that my wife talks about. My wife says that I have light skin privilege, not quite white privilege, but it's like it's somewhere in the ballpark. Uh, so like I've always kind of been the one to provide, like I've always had, you know, uh, but like I've never thought of it that for our, our other brothers that might not have been afforded the opportunities that I've been afforded, that might be an intimidating factor. Right. Like I, you know, I just was just being me. And then I, I had uh, the fortunate opportunity to be raised by Sharon Kelly, who was superwoman. And, um, you know, so <laughs> like I knew I was voting for Hillary Clinton in 1998. Right. Like that's kind of how my upbringing went. So, uh, Kayla, I'm going to go to you. How did you get around this? You found your Boaz um, in my friend, uh, the one and only Denzel Gucci Goodlow. Um, uh, you know, you know, you found this big chocolate man who's about six, two and a half, 
you know, I'm, I'm gonna give him. I'm gonna give him his due. I know he's not, but I'm gonna shot y'all. I'm gonna give you two fifty, D. I know you're a little bit more. But I'm gonna give you two fifty. Oh my! As, as strong as you are, and I know you both men in college, right? Uh, Rosie said something about being focused and distracted. How did you overcome that? I was just shaking my head when both of them were talking. It is. I do not fault women who decide to remain single or to become single because it is. It is a lot to, you know, be focused and distracted. I've never put it that way, but that is like a really great way to put it. Um, I was highly focused on my education. Um, anybody that knows me knows, like, I'm in the library to 2 a.m. every day, like every day, not taking a day off. And I think one thing that was helpful in that time was Denzel did not get in my way. He was like, okay, you're going to the library. I'm really not trying to go to the library. It's two o'clock, but you do your thing and I'll see you afterwards or something like that. Um, and then, you know, he always, you know, respected what I was doing. I, I, I was the type of girl that I told him from the beginning, from the beginning, like, I'm not just dating to date. If you want to be with me, um, you're, you know, saying that you feel like God calls you to be my husband. I don't, I don't have time to just date people. So if you're still calling me, you still want to be around me. I'm assuming that God has confirmed that to you and he'll confirm that to me as well. And so I was always about the business. I mean, I still am. Um, and so it's, it's really hard even now to kind of juggle like, you know, that feeling of, okay, you just had a child and maybe you should focus on your child and, and raising your child. But at the same time, you're like, but you can also start this business to be your child's teacher one day. And so you just have to constantly juggle so many things. And then you have your husband that, you know, was doing things with his career and you need to be in alignment with him, even though um, you also have goals that you're pursuing. So that even becomes a challenge at times because you want to be doing things alongside him and not necessarily like, okay, I'm going to be winning all the bread for us and then you come along. So it's just a lot of different factors to kind of factor in um, all the time. But I, I do appreciate him just always just letting me do my thing, how I do it, because it's so important to have identity, um, regardless of being married or not. It's, it's important to be who you want to be as a woman or you'll you'll be better. You'll be better either today, tomorrow or 20 years from now. You're going to be better at some point if you can't be who you are. And so that's really important to me. And that's something that helped along the way. No, I like it. Uh, shout out to Gucci Gillow. He's watching. Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you know, I, I totally agree with the identity piece. I mean, like I, I tell people all the time, like, you know, April could do her own thing. I don't, you know, I'm her husband, not her master. I don't really, you know, I don't, I just don't, I don't do that. I don't go through a phone. I don't, it's just not me. I, you know, I stay in my space and I try to be as, as the best I can. Tarina, I want to go here with you. Uh, so you married the right Reverend uh, Maurice Fears. You married this yellow brother. And, you know, I got a soft spot for us yellow brothers. <laughs> I love all my brothers, but I love my yellow brothers too, right? <laughs> um, you know, so, so tell us about how did you stay focused and, and not be distracted, right? Because, I mean, you know, sometimes people think that you know, when you're in ministry, you know, uh, God is going to hover over you and speak from the clouds and say, this is your husband in whom I will please, you know, marry him on this date. And, and it doesn't work like that. So talk to us about that. Yeah. So Maurice and I were dating, um, 
Man, it, it was it was amazing how we met each other. We were in church all of our lives, but we never knew each other. And so I didn't know of him. He didn't know of me. And so one day I was at St. Mark Church of God in Christ and I was directing the choir. And um, I wasn't planning on going that particular day because I had something else going on. I used to sing in a lot of different community choirs. So I'm like, okay, I'm just going to, I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to sing a couple songs and I'm going to leave. So directed the choir, getting ready to leave out. Maurice came behind me and he was like, hey, how you doing? I was like, hey, you know, like you leaving out of church, first of all, like, dude, like, so I'm like, hey, so he, he gets to talking and we get to talking to each other. And, you know, I kind of blew him off uh, in the beginning. And so actually a couple times he called me, I kind of blew him off because, you know, at this point I'm at an age where I'm like, I don't have time to be playing games, you know, like, look, look, I'm a pastor's wife. I mean, I'm a pastor's daughter, you're a pastor's son. So, you know, it's just like, like, look, <laughs> and so we began to date um and after dating you know for three years we dated for three years you know and of course three years you, you, you say that's a long time to be dating but the lord kept us for three years and so um after the lord keeping us for three years you know we got married you know we knew i knew that that was my husband when i first yeah. saw him and he knew that i was his wife when he first saw me and so we date you know and now you know it's amazing my husband let me do my thing. Um, you know, I work for the city of Chicago. And so it's like, I'm always in the communities, you know, boots on the ground in the community, working with, you know, families and companies and organizations. And so he let me be me. And that's what I love about him, the light-skinned brother, because he called himself light-skinned. And so he allowed me, he allowed me, you know, to be who I am, you know, and, and I'm constantly evolving and, and the Lord is constantly shifting. And so I'm just excited, you know, to be married to this guy. I like it. And he's he's one of my, my favorite, just not just preachers, but just people uh, in the faith. Three years is a lot. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I wouldn't even ask God to keep me. I told my wife, you got a year. Like, I, I'm, a, I'm a Kelly. I'm going I'm to be honest with you. I ain't even trying to be kept three years. After that first, and and, and, and even in a year, it's going to be no. It's it wasn't be easy. No, I'm like, so, hey, no. My last question, and this is to all my guests. AJ, I'm going to start with you. 2021 going forward, right? What do black women need? If you had to sum it up, what do black women need? Number one, we need support. support. Yeah. Um, we need people to respect us as an individual, allow us to be authentic, um, stop judging us, whether we're married or single, because we're not defined by either. We need to be understood that what we say and what we do is all out of passion and not out of disrespect to anyone's culture. I like it. I like it. Kayla, what do black women need? I'm going to echo a lot of what she said. Um, we do need support. I, I can never do anything without acknowledging the black women that stand beside me and hold me up or empower me. I mean, your wife being one of them, that's my girl. Um, like I, I could, I can't do it without them. I'm very passionate. I'm strong. But at the end of the day, I need a sister. I need my mom. I need an auntie, um, my mother-in-law, somebody else to lean on and glean from. It, it, it's a village. It, it, women, black women, we, we rely on our village and it's so important. So I would say support, um, opportunities. If you give us an opportunity, you better watch out because we are going to excel at anything you put before us. 
um, and still make sure that we do it with excellence. Um, I think there's a, a, you know, a belief that black women don't do things in excellence and we absolutely do. And so opportunity support. And the last one I would say is space. Um, there's so much healing that has to happen in the black woman. We go through so much trauma. We have so many experiences. A lot of my trauma um, hasn't been of, as of late as much as it was in my childhood. And those things we need to be able to work with and deal with and work through and have that space to talk to a therapist or whoever, first lady, whoever your person is, because then it can enhance whoever you are and whatever you're doing. And it enhances the next generation because you'll be able to pass love, freedom, um, confidence, all of that to your daughters as opposed to, you know, hurt and bitterness and pain and frustration. So space, support, opportunity. I like it. I like it. Rosie, what do black women need? So um, I know with the village, because um, we definitely as black women need other black women, but I'm going to start with um, like the beginning Black women, Black babies, Black girls, Black women, we need our fathers. We need positive men from day one. And what we've got to stop doing is stopping the day ones when we have children with Black men. Because all we're doing is continuing the cycle over and over again. The black man as fathers is there to not only protect us because a lot of us feel neglected as the black woman, we feel like that's the most neglected demographic, right? But we're also the strongest. So it's like, well, how you neglected and you also strong, but it, not having that father in as your day one it doesn't allow you to have the boundaries and standards that you should have from day one versus going through life experiences. It happening to you. Then you flip and say, that ain't going to never happen to me again, or I'm never doing that lesson. You know, like that teachable moment won't happen for me again. Cause I got the lesson, you know, I got it. The, the fathers, the next piece is probably self-love um, because there is an absence of, like the day one, the dad, we all have experienced, if you black, you've experienced trauma. And then if you grew up in Chicago, you definitely, you definitely experienced a whole lot of trauma. Right. And the self-care and the self-love is necessary because that's the only way we can continue to move forward. You know, that that's what's necessary. The third one will probably be the therapy. Every person needs a therapist. We all need to be able to get the stuff that's in us out. You got to get it out. So dad's counseling and, and self-love. Dad's counseling and self-love. Amazing, amazing. Sabrina, what do black women need? I would have to say we need, the, of course, that safe space. Um, we need transparency. And that safe space can be our family, our like me, I, I pull on my sisters a lot. Um, I have a couple friends I pull on a lot. So we, we definitely need this, that, that safe space. Uh, we need transparency. Um, so when we face um, difficulty, we can talk to someone that is very transparent and telling us how we can come overcome it and not allow us to go through it and not support us in coming out of it. Um, 
we need opportunity, of course. Uh, I think that was my last one. We definitely need opportunity so we can be strong and keep going forward. Awesome. Look, I want to thank my guests. They have been amazing. And I kept it under an hour because uh, I saw my grandfather sitting many preachers down for going over time limit. And I will never be one of those who <laughs> will get the arm of benediction. Uh, I have some amazing content coming out. Look, next week I have one featuring the author Jazz, uh, Afrofuturistic uh, fiction, nonfiction writer. Amazing. That airs Monday. And then I'm doing an episode on black men. This one will be pre-recorded because it will be very vulnerable, and I need these brothers to open up. So be on the lookout. Got some amazing things, but I want to thank all my guests. But, Sabrina, where can I connect with you? What are you doing? Hey, so actually this Thursday um, and this Saturday is Restoration Power First Year Celebration. And so we're going um, to be uh, – actually, you can connect with me online. Uh, Facebook Live. You can connect with me at Restoration Power. You can connect with me on Instagram, Sabrina Fears. And you can connect with me on Facebook again, Sabrina Fears as well. Um, of course, my church, Redeemed Church Joliet. Um, and then um, you can connect with me with Chicago Park District if you're looking um, to connect with me in the community. Awesome. Connect with Sabrina Fears. Amazing person. Rosie, where can they connect with you? Uh, I have Facebook, uh, Candy's Rose Bryant. Um, Instagram, I think is Roses Are Red. Um, that's pretty much the two platforms that I have. I'm not a huge uh, social media person, um, but yeah, that's where you can connect with me at. Awesome, awesome. Connect with Rosie. Kayla, where can they connect with you? Um, I have an Instagram, but they can connect with me on Facebook. I have a group. It's called KG Teaching and Consulting. Please connect with me there. Just, you know, DM me and you never know. I may be able to have something to offer your child, your grandchild, your nephew, your foster son, your sister, anybody. Um, I'm not just working with students that are behind. I'm working with students that want to move forward and those that need to also maintain where they are in the midst of this pandemic. So thank awesome. you. Connect with Kayla. Support Black-owned businesses. You know how you support Black-owned businesses? Subscribe to the YouTube page below at CB Space K. And if you're watching, if you just want to send me, this also helps. You can support me via Cash App. Uh, you always got to put yourself out there because it's real out here in these streets. Asia, where can they connect with you? So I have a lot of places you guys can connect with me. Um, my business is Survivor Not By Chance. And it's I survive not by chance, but I survive because I fought to survive. And you can find me on Instagram at Survivor Not By Chance, Facebook Survivor Not By Chance. Also, you can find me on Sisters Talk, S I S T A S Talk Podcast. So I look forward to seeing you all. Thank you so much for the opportunity again, Cody. Oh, it's my pleasure. And anytime you guys want to have me on the show, you know I am a willing participant. I appreciate it so definitely. much. We will we'll definitely make that happen. That'll work. Look, connect with these amazing uh, gifts to humanity. You know, one of the things we have to do is we have to appreciate our own. And a lot of times we don't until it's too late. And then we want to cry at the funeral and sob in tears. And I'm on the understanding. Do not cry at a funeral when you haven't supported somebody. You know, you didn't love them. Don't act a fool then, you know, just because they on their way to heaven. God gonna remember how you treated people while they was living, not just how you showed up at the funeral and acted a fool. Connect with Asia, connect with Kayla, connect with Sabrina, connect with Rosie, and connect with me. I appreciate my guests so much. Thanks. Hey, what's up, everybody? You like what you saw? We're entertained, we're informed. 
If you want to keep seeing amazing content, subscribe at the link below, YouTube, CV Space K. You connect where all podcasts are streaming, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor. Connect with me. I want to connect with you. Let's enjoy the ride.